Next on A Daily Walk, Jesus speaks of the signs of the times. The warnings are given throughout the Word of God. And if ever there was a time when we need to know what the Bible says and why it says it and be able to give a defense for the hope that lies within us, it's right now in this world. It's right now. People are being turned aside, left and right, going after this, and oh, that's judgmental, and you really shouldn't say that. There's a spirit and a tone in which it is to be said, but the truth is that there is religious deception that is prevalent and increasing throughout the world, and we need to be aware of that. Jesus said that that would happen. This is A Daily Walk. It's good to have you with us today as we return to our study of Luke's Gospel. In chapter 21, we find Jesus on the Mount of Olives, talking with his disciples shortly before his crucifixion. While there, he deals with issues pertaining to the future. Here's Pastor John Randall with the signs we should be looking for as we await the Lord's soon return. The first is religious deception. Jesus gives us insight into things that will take place between his first coming and his second coming. And the things that will take place will increase in intensity as he points them out, the signs of the times, things that will happen. Look at what it says beginning in verse eight. And he said, take heed that you do not be deceived for many will come in my name saying, I am he and The time is drawn near, therefore do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven." Jesus now gives his disciples insight into things that would take place between first and second coming. The disciples didn't know the day or the hour, just like we don't know the day or the hour when Jesus is going to come for his bride. But we do know the things that will take place before that happens. And the first thing we find increasing upon the earth, number one, is religious deception will be increasing. Make note of that. Jesus said, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will be telling you that this is the time. Luke's account here gives us one verse of warning concerning false messiahs, whereas Matthew's account says much more on the subject. He reports Jesus saying to watch out for counterfeit Christ that would be accompanied by great signs and miracles. He further warns that many would turn away from the faith and that the love of many will grow cold. So he gives this warning to his disciples concerning the increase of religious deception. Historically, it is documented that many had come in their own name claiming to be the Messiah. In fact, one Old Testament scholar I read who wrote on the book of Daniel, he commented that after the ascension of Jesus Christ in the first 100 years, no less than 64 men rose up claiming to be the Messiah. And many of these false messiahs gained their popularity and notoriety because they promised to deliver the nation of Israel from the oppression of their enemies. And so they would lead them into battle and they would be completely annihilated and destroyed. Even the early church fathers wrote often about some of these false Christs and false doctrines. Much of the New Testament and the epistles of Paul, for example, were written to contend with those false doctrines that had been making their way into the early church. And if there was warnings given back then 
How much more do we see the increase of religious deception at the present time? One example of religious deception that is growing rapidly is that of Islam. Islam is one of the fastest growing religions in the world today. In the last 20 years, the number of adherents to Islam has more than doubled. I read a staggering statistic that said in 1982, there were 450 Muslims in the world But today, there are approximately 1.3 billion Muslims worldwide. That means that it's about one out of every five people alive today is Muslim, making it the world's second largest religion. And the numbers continue to grow. Some suggest that there are even more practicing Muslims right now in the United States than Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses combined. There are more Muslims in the world at the present time than there are Catholics. And the Bible warns concerning religious deception that will increase. And it is increasing. And by the way, if you aren't aware of this, Islam is religious deception. That might offend some of you, but that's the truth. That's just the truth. There are many other religious deceptions that are out there. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Bible says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, don't be partakers with them. In other words, there's a warning saying, listen, make sure you know the truth. John wrote in his first epistle, the second chapter, the 26th verse, he said, these things I've written to you concerning those who want to deceive you. There is a deception. John even said there's a spirit of antichrist that is present in the world. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. He said, beware, lest anyone cheat you or literally plunder you or take you captive through vain philosophy and empty deceit. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says. Paul warned Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, Timothy, the time's going to come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. The warnings are given throughout the word of God. And if ever there was a time when we need to know what the Bible says and why it says it and be able to give a defense for the hope that lies within us, it's right now in this world. It's right now. People are being turned aside, left and right, going after this, and oh, that's judgmental, and you really shouldn't say that. There's a spirit and a tone in which it is to be said, but the truth is that there is religious deception that is prevalent and increasing throughout the world, and we need to be aware of that. Jesus said that that would happen. Not only will there be an increase of religious deception, but secondly, Jesus points out there would be an increase of war and destruction. Look at what it says in verse 9. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. Then he said, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Within the history of mankind, there have always been wars and battles In fact, many superpowers fighting against one another, but then you have tribal wars and civil wars and countries that have only increased with time and continue to escalate. As we look around the world, we can see that it is in conflict. 
We also see prophetic scriptures coming to pass before our eyes in this generation. We see the threat of warfare having in no way decreased, but increased with chemical, biological, nuclear threats. We see nations, as mentioned in the word of God, like China and Russia and Iran, all of these nations aligning themselves with one another. We see Korea, and and on and on it goes as you read through the word of God. And the Bible tells us prophetically that at one point, all of these nations are going to point their artillery at the nation of Israel. And that is being set up. The scaffolding is set. It's just a matter of time before that takes place. Think for a moment militarily, just in the United States. In the United States of America, it is estimated that we have 5,500 strategic nuclear weapons that possess enough destructive power to destroy the planet at least five times over. Some people suggest that we have so much nuclear capability that we can destroy the planet 50 times over. That's what we have. What other people have, I do not know. But this is reality. This is where we live right now. Things have not decreased, but they have only increased. In addition to religious deception, to global warfare and destruction increasing, we also find Jesus mentioning between his first and second coming, there would be the increase in the area of global disaster. Look at what it says in verse 11. And there will be great earthquakes in various places, and famines, and pestilences, and there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. Again, we have never in the history of the world ever experienced the global devastation as we have even in the last decade, in the last 10 years with such frequency, with such intensity, there have been fearful sights and great signs taking place. Again, let me just bring it close to home. In the United States, for example, the Superstorm Sandy that took place on the East Coast, it caused $50 billion in damages. It was the worst, this is what it was, was called, the worst natural disaster in the United States in terms of destruction and death since hurricanes Katrina and Rita in 2005. But it wasn't the only thing. In 2011 and 2012 alone, the United States experienced 25 floods, storms, droughts, heat waves, wildfires that caused at least $1 billion in damages. And when you combine these extreme weather events, they were responsible for 1,107 fatalities and up to $188 billion in economic damages. $188 billion? It's increasing, friends. We need to be aware. We need to awaken ourselves to the reality in the days in which we are living. Let's go beyond U.S. soil to that which is going on globally. Think about what happened in Japan with the earthquake and the tsunami that happened there. It was reported that 15,883 deaths occurred. 6,150 people were injured and 2,643 people were missing. And across All the areas that were affected, it was recorded that 100, listen, 129,225 buildings totally collapsed, decimated. There was also a further 254,204 buildings that were half collapsed 
and another 691,766 buildings partially damaged. The prime minister of Japan said in the 65 years after the end of World War II, this is the most difficult and the toughest crisis that Japan has ever faced in its history. Around 4.4 million households in northeastern Japan were left without electricity and 1.5 million people without water. They're increasing. Things are happening globally at the present time, just like Jesus had said. These things have always been with us. They have always been with the history of man, but they have only increased and intensified. Jesus said it's like birth pains. It's like birth pains. Prior to that baby coming, there was an intensity with the contractions before that child is born. And Jesus said it's much that same way within the world between his first and second coming. We see it happening around the world. Jesus said also there would be an increase of pestilence and disease. And time doesn't allow us to go into all of the various statistics concerning it. But this one statistic alone that probably has affected every single person in this room to a certain degree. Two out of three people have cancer. Two out of three. And that's, that's increasing as a result, the Bible says, of these things within the environment and so forth. I mean, this is, this is where we're living And I'm not saying these things to frighten you or depress you. I'm just saying this is where we live. This is the reality. And the reason why I bring it to your attention is sometimes we're not aware of it. We're just so comfortable in our, as long as it doesn't affect me, I'm fine. But the majority of the world is experiencing these things right here. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to awaken to this reality. I mean, if anybody should be heralding the truth of this, if anybody should be aware of this, it should be us. We don't want to be sleeping in light. We want to be awake. We want to be ambassadors for Jesus, sharing the message of the gospel with grace and truth. It would seem that Jesus shifts gears now, and he takes his disciples in verses 12 through 15 to some of the near fulfillment that would affect them personally. Look at what it says. They would have difficulty. There would be increase in persecution. It says, before all these things, they will lay their hands on you, and they'll persecute you delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for a testimony. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist." Jesus tells his disciples that there would be an increase of persecution, that they would experience hardship. In fact, they did. When you read through the book of Acts, you will find that they were brought before the Sanhedrin, they were brought before the synagogues, they were beaten, they were in prison. Of all the apostles, save John the apostle and Judas, they were all martyred for their faith, simply for believing in Jesus. But each one of those occasions when they stood before the magistrates and the kings and the rulers and the emperors, they gave a testimony. Jesus promised, I will put my words in your mouth. Don't premeditate what you're gonna say. I'll give you the words in that moment, in that hour. It'll turn out for an occasion for a testimony, even when religious persecution increases. It's hard for us today, isn't it, in the United States of America to really envision what it is to have religious persecution. We live in a free country. We are able to 
vote and we are able to have freedom to do what we're doing right now in this place with Bible open, with hands raised, without the fear of, of being imprisoned at this moment. But you know, there are people in the majority of the rest of the world that do not have this luxury that we possess and can easily take for granted. In fact, you may have read it this week. CBS News reported that Christians killed for their faith more than doubled in 2013, with Syria accounting for more than the whole global total in 2012. Christianity is the largest and most widely spread faith in the world with estimated 2.2 billion followers or 32% of the world's population according to a recent survey. But Christianity faces restrictions, hostility, and persecution in 111 countries throughout the planet. A United States-based group reported increasing violence against Christians in Africa and said radical Muslims were the main source of persecution in 36 countries on its list. And that, quote, Islamic extremism is the worst persecutor of the worldwide church. Nine out of 10 countries listed as dangerous for Christians are Muslim-majority states. And I'm not saying this about Muslims to put them down. I'm saying they need Jesus, obviously. But this is what's going on within the world. In the list of killings, Syria was followed by Nigeria, and they go on to list all of the various details concerning persecution. It's increasing. It's increasing. And not only is this increasing, but Jesus tells us here that when they go through this, when they experience this, that it would present an opportunity for them to give a bold witness. Jesus said in the midst of these difficult circumstances, they would have opportunity to present the gospel. You know, one of the things that when you look at some of these global tragedies that have happened in disasters, as horrific as they are, one of the things that has taken place is that the gospel has been able to reach nations that would formerly never be open to the gospel. Muslim countries that have been devastated by some horrific natural disaster normally never allow Christianity into their country, but now you have the church making their way into those countries, being the hands and feet of Jesus, and these people get to see what they've never seen, the love of Jesus on display, and they want to know, why is it that you're coming here? Why is it that you would do what you're doing? Why would you meet our medical needs? Why would you seek to feed us when we have nothing? The door's been open. God has given us an opportunity, even in these last days, through these countries that have never been open. You know, there are countries today that have never heard the name Jesus. Never. Never heard the name Jesus. Never heard about him. Tribes and people groups around this planet that, that don't even know what you know. Never read the Bible. Never heard about Jesus. Never heard about his death never heard about his resurrection, never heard about salvation. And there are many who are making their way into the ends of the earth to preach the gospel to them. Jesus went on for the sake of time. Let me paraphrase by saying in verses 16 through 19, he talked about the fact that they would be betrayed by parents. Brothers and relatives and friends would put some of them to death. They would be hated by all for my name's sake. But he said, not a hair of your head will be lost and by your patience possess your souls. Because these men would make a stand for the gospel, there would even be division in their homes, in their families. And that even happens today. You take a stand for Christ, and maybe your family liked it better when you were on drugs, but they don't like the fact that you go to church. They liked it better when you were out of your mind, rather in your right mind. And there's division, and they don't agree with it. All of these things 
that we read about that Jesus warned us concerning. I'm not saying these things to depress you. I'm not saying these things to discourage you. I am saying these things to point out to you that what Jesus said is right. And if what Jesus said is right and true about what we see occurring now, he's also right about the glorious future and hope that we have in him. I'm saying these things this morning to awaken us to the present reality that we are not always aware of, not cognizant of, not even thinking about. And just as the circumstances of the disciples brought opportunity, we have the same opportunity to present Jesus to people, to share with them that this, it's not all that there is. To help them see that the Bible says there is hope in Christ. God loves the world. He loves the world. That's why he sent his son. And even in these places where we see the greatest devastation, you have the greatest opportunities. Revivals are breaking out in these nations as a result. And you know something? America needs that kind of revival here. And what's it going to take for that to happen? Do we need persecution here in this land for us to really get serious about our walk with the Lord, to really you know, make a commitment to Christ? Are we just taking our freedoms for granted? Well, Pastor John Randall is leading us through the Bible right now on a daily walk. And I'd imagine some of you would like to hear this message from Luke again. Maybe you joined us late. Go online to adailywalk.org and have a listen when it's most convenient. Or request a CD copy for a cost of just $5. You can reach us toll free at 877-242-0828. That's 877-242-0828. Another way to listen to Pastor John's teachings is through our mobile app. It's free and even available on Apple TV. Do a search for Calvary South OC. And we have a podcast, too, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we're super excited about this month's offer. It's a book from our friend in the ministry, Barry Stagner, titled The Time of the Signs. In it, Barry explores the events that will precede Christ's return. And he answers common questions like, why is the rebirth of Israel the most significant sign that the end times are near? Where does the rapture fit in the chronology of all that will occur in the last days? We're making it available to our A Daily Walk listeners for the cost of $12. Again, you can order online at adailywalk.org or call us at 877-242-0828. And by the way, anything given above that amount will be put to good use and help people all over the world grow in their daily walk as they listen to these daily studies. In some cases, actually enter into a relationship with Christ. Again, you can donate online safely and securely at adailywalk.org. You know, we often say it around here at A Daily Walk because it's true. We want to hear from you. It lets us know where the ministry is having an impact. And also, we love praying for our listeners. Write to Pastor John by email today at a daily walk at gmail.com. That's a daily walk at gmail.com. Pastor John leaves us with this personal application from today's message. How are we to live in light of the things that have been presented in the Word? There's three things I want to leave you with this morning. Three things, make note of them. What are we supposed to be doing? First of all, we are to be waiting for the return of Jesus waiting expectantly. Christian, do not lose sight of the fact that Jesus is coming again. 
If we see all of the increase of the signs leading up to the second coming of Christ, how much closer is the rapture of the church? It is close, man. Oh, I'm not making any predictions. I just want to be waiting expectantly for the return of Jesus. Not only waiting for his return, but secondly, watching for his return, looking for it, man. Looking for the hastening of the coming of the Lord, watching. Not, not burying my head in the sand, but being a student of the word, being aware of what's going on in my surroundings, connecting the dots, seeing all that's happening, noticing the scaffolding that's being set, and not just taking that for granted, how important that is. Waiting, watching, thirdly, and finally, witnessing. That is being an ambassador for Jesus Christ, telling other people about these things that they don't know about, being a witness for Christ. You say, well, I don't know if I could be a witness for Christ. I don't know all those facts and figures that you talked about. I don't really understand all these things, and I'm not really sure. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, don't premeditate what you're going to say. He said, in that moment, I will put my words in your mouth. I'll bring back to remembrance all the things that you have heard and that you've learned. Have you ever had that experience, Christian? Been sharing with somebody about the Lord? Hopefully you have. You're sitting there and you're telling them and you're, you're going back and forth and they're asking you all these questions that on, on any given day, you do not know the answers. But suddenly you find scripture reference and verses and teachings and etc. And all these things just start flooding your mind and they're rolling off your lips and, and the person is amazed by your answer and so are you. <laughs> and you walk away like, where did that come from? It came from the Lord. The Lord promised, I'll give you the things to say. If you are available and you are there and open and, and make yourself available, God will do it. I pray that God would awaken us as the church of Jesus Christ to the days in which we are living, that we would be mindful of these things that are increasing and we would seek to be salt and light in this world and be looking for the return of Jesus. I pray that you're ready. Jesus is on the road to the cross. Next time on A Daily Walk, as our Through the Bible study takes us to Luke chapter 22. A Daily Walk is a presentation of Calvary South O.C. 